Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Food Heals Podcast, episode 38. So, you know, what a starting point for most people is simply, you know, try to incorporate some whole grain on some regular basis. And then number two, lifestyle-wise, just eat regular meals. Just eat at regular times every day. The worst thing for blood sugar is just to eat irregularly. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you experience any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet to Kardashian immediately.
Welcome to the Food Heals Podcast. I'm Allison Melody. I'm Susie Hardy. And today's guest is Warren Kramer, and he's an internationally recognized macrobiotic counselor, educator, and cooking instructor. He was such a great guest, Allison. He was like all his tips and everything he was talking about made sense. Sometimes when I read stuff or see movies and it's about food or health, it's kind of complicated, but this was like, no, this all makes sense. Why aren't we doing this? I agree. And the eating at the same time every day completely blew my mind and just made me want to make some major changes in my lifestyle. So I'm really excited to share this interview with Food Heals Nation. Me too. Our sponsor today is No Tox Life. No Tox Life was born from the desire to provide natural, toxin-free vegan body care to help you live a cleaner, greener lifestyle. And No Tox Life is a local, family-run business, and each product is handmade using the highest quality ingredients that they can find. If you look at big brands in the health and beauty products industry, you will find harsh detergents, petroleum-derived ingredients, toxic preservatives, and a host of other ingredients with dangerous side effects. And No Tox Life doesn't believe in ingredients you can't pronounce, so their products are made with gentle oils like olive oil, coconut oil, rice bran oil. They use mango butter, shea butter, essential oils, natural clays, and minerals, all ingredients your skin will love. And you guys remember Sandy. She was the owner. We had her on episode nine, and she just taught Susie and I so much about how many toxic ingredients are actually in our typical beauty and skincare products. Yes, Sandy was amazing on the show. So go back and check out foodhealsnation.com slash nine to hear Sandy's advice on how to live a truly toxin-free life. And later in the show, we'll tell you how to get free shipping on your purchases from No Tox Life. Next up, our interview with Warren. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. Today's guest is Warren Kramer. Warren is an internationally recognized macrobiotic counselor, educator, and cooking instructor. For the past 29 years, he has studied and lived the macrobiotic way of life. Warren teaches the macrobiotic approach to health and wellness, including principles of food selection, preparation, exercise, work, and personal relationships. Welcome, Warren. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. We're so glad to have you. So we heard about you from Alicia Silverstone's The Kind Life. So you're in town. What kind of classes are you teaching? Uh, Yeah, I get in Wednesday, and we're going to do a combination of dinner lecture events, cooking classes, and then I'm just going to offer individual health counseling over the five-day period. That's great. So what exactly is a macrobiotic diet for our listeners who may not know? Well, you know, I really try to refer to macrobiotics as a way of life. So in a nutshell, I would say it's really two distinct areas. You know, one is food, you know, what we're cooking, how we prepare it, you know, what's appropriate given where we live and what's going on with our health. And then the other aspect has to do with literally lifestyle, you know, having regular meals and chewing our food and quite frankly, like really common sense stuff that people just don't, um, you know, don't do much anymore. Exactly. And so what's your background? What got you into this lifestyle? Well, you know, it's funny, I kind of fell into it. But then again, I don't know if I believe in accidents. (laughs) So I had, I was playing tennis in college, I was on a scholarship in college. And when I graduated, I took a year off before I was going to go to grad school. And I was teaching tennis at a club in New Jersey. And I met a woman who was teaching cooking classes and fell in love with the cooking teacher. And (laughs) (laughs) that's how I got into macrobiotics. She had a lot of interesting answers to questions I had about food and 
I really, even though I was an athlete, really didn't pay much attention to what I was eating and made some changes. And, you know, she cooked a lot of food, you know, at that time. Some of it I liked, some of it I didn't, quite frankly, but it made sense. And so I just stayed with it. And my life, you know, changed the direction of my life. So Warren, she was a specifically a macrobiotic cook. Yes, she was She was actually a, a cooking teacher mm-hmm. that graduated from the Cushy Institute, which is in Western Massachusetts. And she was living in northern New Jersey, exactly. And how did that love story turn out? Um, well, you know, we dated for about a year, but it was I was very clear. It was someone that I met to change the direction of my life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's funny. Now, these many years later, I mean, we're really good friends. In fact, I've actually counseled her and her family. <laughs> have kind of lost their direction with regard to taking care of themselves. And she's actually helped me at a, assist me in a cooking class in New Jersey. So, you know, it wasn't the person I married, but came in, came into my life to change my direction, you know, and so we're, we're good friends now. That's awesome. Yeah. So one of your classes is called Good Food, Good Mood, Healthy Emotions and the Five Transformations. And that sounds like it's about traditional Chinese medicine. Can you talk about a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So, you know, what's pretty fascinating is that our organs basically relate to emotions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, you know, there's no such thing as like, okay, having a healthy body, but not he- a healthy mind. I mean, they go hand in hand. And so, you know, food and mood, food d- dramatically influences our mood day to day. I mean, you know, people know, of course, as an example, with your blood sugar drops, then you're not happy. I mean, you know, like what we call hypoglycemia. Mm -hmm. So people get irritable, people get like, you know, antsy and even sometimes panic attack when we don't have good, you know, we don't have enough glucose in our blood going to our brain. So with our organs, they relate to emotions. For instance, you know, a lot of people do know that anger and like irritability and like really feeling uptight is connected to the liver and its function. So the lecture really is about is understanding what those emotions, you know, maybe I hate to use the word negative, but for no other better word, maybe, you know, negative emotions versus what's maybe more positive and how food influences it. And how do we, how do we change it? How do we shift that? It's, it's pretty neat. So how do we change it? (laughs) Well, of course, one is, one is creating an alkaline condition in our blood. I mean, if you, if I would say one thing that really influences us you know, in a big way in terms of negatively, I would say is sugar, Mm -hmm. you know, just junk food um, for a lot of people really creates negativity and feeling depressed. It's just taken so lightly because sugar's in everything now. Yeah. But one of the main things is creating an alkaline condition in our blood and supporting those organs. You know, in the traditional Chinese medicine talks a lot about how different foods and flavors support organs. Like, for instance, the liver is nourished by the sour taste. And the uh, spleen, pancreas, and stomach, which relate to blood sugar, relate to like good sweet taste. But, you know, that's not Ben and Jerry's Chunky Monkey. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, which, how did you know I grew up on that? (laughs) Well, I grew up on it too. So it's like, you know, good kabocha squash or buttercup squash, like that kind of mild sweet, you know. So those are, you know, those are some examples of how we would do that. Yeah. And so tell us about how. The liver is nourished by sour. Can you expand on that? That's interesting. Yeah, sure. And, you know, in the five transformations of what's called the five element theory, you have the elements, fire, soil, metal, water, and tree. Those are the five elements. Tree is sometimes called wood, soil, sometimes called earth. And so these transformations relate to lots of different things. They relate to seasons, they relate to organs, 
but they also are basically classified according to different grains, beans, vegetables, tastes, colors, cooking styles. So just understanding kind of this chart, so to speak, you can use foods to nourish particular organs. So the sour taste specifically, what it does, it helps to open up the liver, which means very often the liver gets kind of stagnant or it's stuck. There's, it's the energy is not moving in it. Mm-hmm. And that's when people will feel more irritable. Simple things like eating late at night and going to bed or overeating really stagnate the liver. And it's in tra- traditional Chinese medicine, we talk about how women are especially governed by, by the liver. Men are influenced more by the kidneys. But a woman's health is so influenced by the liver. So things like migraine headaches, uh, pressure behind the eyes, um, irritability, excess heat in the body, hot flashes. I mean, on and on. There's so many liver symptoms. And so a lot of those can shift as we just nourish, uh, you know, that organ, the liver, and actually the sister of the liver is the gallbladder. So, you know, sour, lots of leafy greens like kale and collards, you know, grains such as like, um, well, there are some gluten grains that that are helpful, but if people are not avoiding gluten, then they would avoid it. But normally barley, spelt, kamut, rye, even gluten-free oats, you know, will support the liver. So kind of like that. It's really interesting. And I feel like if someone's having those symptoms that they mentioned, they may not connect it in their mind to the liver. So how do you help people make that connection? Well, you know, in in some of my lectures, you know, they're very basic, fundamental, getting to know your body and how things are interconnected. And I really just try to explain that to people that, you know, those that everything is connected to each other. And those, those organs do have emotions that relate to them Mm -hmm. and just simply pointing it out. You know, one of the lectures I give is just simply understanding the nature of the organs and on all different levels, how they are influenced by food other than, you know, other than just nutrition. In other words, what we're talking about is the energetics of food and the energetics of the body. So, you know, I know nutrition pretty well, but I'm not a nutritionist. Mm -hmm. I, I really look at things more energetically you know, and that's, it's a different way of looking at food. You know, for instance, you can, you can look at a food, let's say like a rice cake, which has like no calories or hardly any fat, but the quality of it that's energetic is dry. And it's that dry quality that affects, you know, certain things in the body. Or like, even if I said to you, okay, so if you told me that you're like so stressed out and I said to you, okay, I'm going to give you two options. You could take a nice ice cold shower or a, a hot bath. Which one would you choose? you know, probably, probably the warm bath yeah. to relax. Well, that's energetic. And and so that's really how I look at things. It's energetic. Yeah. Well, that's everything a, is energy, right? Oh, it is. Everything is. But, you know, we just, we're, we're taught with food, it's basically nutrition and that, and not that that's bad, but it's only one way to look at it. Yeah. There's so, so much more to it. Exactly. And that's at the heart of traditional Chinese medicine is really the energetics and what they call qi or qi and you know, like that. Yeah, it's so interesting. And um, I know you also have a class about healing hypoglycemia, which you mentioned earlier, and cooking cooking to stabilize the blood sugar. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Well, you know, I mean, I don't need to tell you. I mean, blood sugar issues are just, I mean, epidemic problem in this country. What a lot of people don't realize is that the sister to diabetes is hypoglycemia. 
that in fact, a lot of people before they develop diabetes really have low blood sugar for a long, long time that then flip-flops to its sister, to diabetes. So low blood sugar and blood sugar instability in this country especially is, is a chronic problem. You know, one of the most important things to stabilize, um, you know, good health. I mean, to have good health, you need stable blood sugar. And, you know, our diets, which are so, so much refined sugars, simple carbohydrates, just doesn't allow that. And, and the other thing, the other thing that's unfortunate is so much carbophobia around now. Yeah. Even, even people fearing like eating some whole grain, like brown rice or millet or, you know, quinoa. People are worried about grains and all lump them all together in, in one category of carbs. And I just don't think that's accurate. I agree. I, you know, I make the distinction of complex carbohydrate versus simple sugars. So, you know, what a starting point for most people is simply, you know, try to incorporate some whole grain on some regular basis. And then number two, lifestyle wise, just eat regular meals, just eat at regular times every day. The worst thing for blood sugar is just to eat irregularly. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, for sure. I, mean, you know, I, I teach in 10 cities in the US and Canada, and I have a host person that organizes my events in every city. And the first thing I tell them before I go anywhere are when my meals are. Because what happens is when our meals are irregular, then our life goes much more up and down because all of life are really at cycles. Menstruation's a cycle, our bowels are a cycle, sleep is a cycle, hormones are a cycle. So, you know, macrobiotics is really well, how do you how do you create regular cycles? It's 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 actually simple. It's really simple. Even if people didn't change their food, but just started to eat regular times each day, people will feel better. That That's is interesting. I feel like you just figured out my whole life. <laughs> yeah, pretty much in a nutshell. <laughs> but like Here, that. Here's, here's, an, here's an example. Okay. Oh, here's an example. Okay. So make believe, and I don't, again, I don't know if you have any kids or not. Maybe not. So let's say, let's say you have a four-year-old. And so one day you tell your four-year-old, you have a little boy. His name is David. You say, David, okay, breakfast today is at, is at seven, but tomorrow's it's at nine. But on Wednesday, we're not having breakfast. Then we're going to have lunch at 12. Then on Thursday, it's going to be at three. Then Friday, no lunch. Then dinner's going to be at six. Then it's going to be nine. Good luck. <laughs> so somehow we think that because we're older in our 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever have you, that it's okay. Like we can do that and it doesn't matter. But no, that doesn't, that's not true. Not true. Wow. It's, it's probably the biggest um, lifestyle mistake most people make in this country. I'm definitely guilty of it. Yep, me too. So I did it. Oh, I did it for a long time too. And because my blood sugar was a big problem many years ago. And that's really what turned it around. Yep. And what are your meal times that you eat at each day? I just want something to model after. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Normally, normally breakfast is by eight or earlier. I mean, we're up early here. We have a, you know, a little boy. Our mm -hmm. son is six. So we're up early. So breakfast is usually by, by eight or earlier. Lunch, 12 to one and dinner six to seven. And so, you know, the earlier that you eat, it makes you less pressured in general. You start to feel more relaxed. When people start to eat later, people start to feel more pressured inside because what's happening is your blood sugar is falling. And with hypoglycemia, what happens, even if let's say you're eating at two o'clock, you're eating the food you would have had at 12, that, that food, because it's so late, won't get your blood sugar up the same way as it would if it were 12. And that's when people then will crave more sweets or more coffee, 
more stimulants to get their blood sugar up. Yeah. Oh. You are describing my life, Warren. <laughs> I eat lunch at 2 p.m. Like, I do not eat by 12, ever, unless I'm on set. It's very, very rare. Susie and I both don't have typical nine-to-fives. We're both contractors. We're both freelance. We do wear multiple hats. And so, you know, the way that I eat, I eat very, very well but I do not eat at a regularly scheduled time. So this is, you're totally blowing my mind right now in such a good way. Yeah, I mean, it's a challenge. I'm going to be honest with you. And this is my 30th year in practice. Wow. And, you know, of I could tell you that the mistake that a lot of people make with regard to health is an over-focus on food and not enough on lifestyle, eating habits, et cetera. And there's not enough talked about that. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm going to live a healthy lifestyle. But what on earth means a healthy lifestyle? So for me, is that's one of the factors. And it's one of the most challenging ones because everybody's so busy. You know, and, and I see people, you know, I counsel people who have jobs that in, in a way they're almost not even allowed to eat at a regular good time. You know, it's like it's set up like that. And actually, there's companies now in New York that are giving you a, a free lunch if you take it at your desk you know, and don't even take a lunch break. Yeah. So there's this kind of cuckoo stuff going on with that. And, you know, people are just more pressured. Modern society, we're moving at a such faster pace now. You know, that's that's the reality of it. We're moving so fast. But question is, well, how do you release the pressure? So the mealtimes is the anchor, you know. It's, it's really the anchor in our life. Warren, can you talk to a little bit more about proper chewing and maybe like what you do when you're about to have a meal, the kind of, do you turn off all kind of, you know, media or stimulants? What do you do? Sure. sure. Well, I have a thing. I don't work during a meal. I don't check my email. I, open, I don't open up store coupons, read newspapers, drive and eat. I'll take 20 minutes, bare minimum, which actually takes 20 minutes from the hypothalamus in the brain from your intestines to recognize you've had enough food. So a mealtime is 20 minutes. In fact, in traditional Chinese medicine, a cycle of qi or qi is 20 minutes. I heard in yesterday fact, it was 28 minutes by my acupuncturist. Uh, I don't know about that. No? But anyway, <laughs> it's kind of, I've, always, I've always understood it as 20. But okay. anyway, that cycle is, that's the bare minimum really for a meal that we should be chewing. And so for me, I simply will just try not to, you know, be doing other things and be distracted, just simply relax and enjoy having lunch or whatever it is. And I try also, you know, if, whether I'm using a fork or chopsticks to put it down between bites and to, you know, just try, I don't count chews, but I just try to be present to eating. And I, I'm, I'm not crazy about doing business meetings over lunch. I mean, it has happened. I just, I don't like it. I just because for me, the mealtime is a way to relax and just to chill out, release some pressure. And, you know, it makes a big difference that way. So chewing, you know, the main point is that grain digests in your mouth, not your stomach. Protein digests in the stomach. But grain should be liquefied, really. And that's how you alkalize the food. So, you know, when there's been criticism that grain is acidic, well, yeah, if you bolt it down and don't chew it, sure. You know, chewing it helps to digest. And that's where digestion starts. And um, grain actually tastes even sweeter the more you chew it. So, Can you talk a little bit about the acid and alkaline balance in your body and why it's important? Sure. Um, I'll give you an analogy. So here's, here's an analogy. So do you like pickles? Yeah. I love pickles. <laughs> I, I do too. So when you buy a jar of pickles, 
What are the pickles in? Vinegar. Yeah, what do they call that? Pickle Acid. juice. It's called the it's called brine. That's brine. a brine. Okay. So the brine, in order to to actually pickle the vegetables, the cucumbers or whatever pickles are, when you say pickles, it could be any vegetable pickled. But that brine has to be of a quality that'll preserve the pickles. Okay. So in our body, our pickles are our organs, and our brine is our blood. Mm-hmm. The quality of our blood determines the quality, the freshness, the health of our organs. Because literally, when we eat day in and day out, we actually are creating ourselves day in and day out. In other words, we are what we eat, right? Yeah. We are literally what we take in. So our blood quality is created from what we eat day in and day out. The red blood cells change every 120 days. So in 120 days, you can make some significant change in your blood. So if we're taking in sugar, sweets, chemicalized foods, preservatives, dyes, of course, then the quality of our brine, our blood, shifts, it changes, it becomes acidic. And in an acidic environment, that's basically where disease develops. It's very difficult to develop disease in an alkaline environment. And it, you know, in a nutshell, that's really what it is is how do we create good, healthy blood that preserves and, so to speak, pickles <laughs> pickles <laughs> our organs, you know, keeps them fresh. And, you know, the other thing, the last part about it, which is pretty cool, is that our blood has hemoglobin, you know, at the core, and hemoglobin is really like magnetic. You know, it's iron at the core. And that's actually what determines our, our, our direction in our life. In other words, that, that really enhances our intuition. Because what guides our life is our blood quality. So when our blood is strong, then we make, you know, clearer, you know, clearer decisions. We're more sharp, we're clear. And we follow our intuition, which is really what, that's what guides our life. So in the bigger picture of it, it should be creating strong blood to make good choices in life so we could think clearly. And that's, for me, part of health is being able to think clearly and make good choices in life. I've never heard it put that way, and I absolutely love it, because Susie and I are huge proponents of trusting your intuition and really um, realizing the spiritual component to health, right? So it's mind, body, spirit. Exactly. Well, isn't it isn't it funny, like, we pay, you know, big money to go to, like, psychics, <laughs> and I'm not saying that's not worthwhile. I mean, I've done that too, but ultimately, the person that guides your life day to day is you. Absolutely. We may have to make choices with food, with activity, with what, you know, what we do. And people are losing that ability to make good choices and then make adjustments day to day, you know. And so, you know, and then we're not we're losing our health because of that. We're just not we're not we don't have that clarity. So, you know, part of health is you, ha- you can think clearly, you have good memory, you have good focus, you know, you have good vitality. And so you got to have good blood. You gotta have good pickle juice. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. It reminds me of an exercise that we did religiously in grad school where we had to write down a problem as ourselves and then respond to the problem as our own self-counselor. And it was amazing the things that you would say as your counselor. So you would tell your problem and you'd be like, I don't know what to do. And by the time you're done writing this back and forth, you have solved your own problem because all the answers are already within you. And it was just a tool to get there. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so it's so awesome. I totally get that. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. So 
Trust your intuition, Food Heals Nation. Find out ways to figure out how to listen to it and not to suppress it, as many people do. And if that's changing your food, then that's number one place to start. We'll be right back with some of Warren's top tips and recipes for your best health, so stay tuned. Food Heals Nation, we are always on the lookout for products that are non-toxic, organic, and vegan, and also affordable. And that's why I am so excited to tell you about one of my new favorite discoveries, Notox Life. Notox Life is a family-run business, and each product is handmade by Sandy, the founder, and her daughter, Callie. These two make skincare products with luscious ingredients such as coconut oil, mango butter, essential oils, and natural clays and minerals. And they simply don't believe in using ingredients they can't pronounce. My favorite product is their Orange Mocha Espresso Body Bar, which only costs $11. And I can't get enough of their Vegan Mint Butter Lip Balm, which is only $4. Their products smell amazing, are the lowest prices I have seen, and are absolutely beautiful, so they make great gifts, too. Notox Life has a special offer exclusive to Food Heals listeners. Order now using the coupon code FOODHEALS, all one word, for free shipping on your purchase of $35 or more. Check them out at NoToxLife.com. You are listening to the Food Hills Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. All right, Food Heals Nation, we're back with macrobiotic counselor, educator, and cooking instructor, Warren Kramer. And Susie had a question for you, Warren. So Warren, I just wanted to make sure we covered this because I don't think everybody knows what macrobiotic means. Can you let our listeners know what macrobiotic means and, and what kind of foods fall under that? Sure. So, you know, the, the word macrobiotic literally means great life or big life, you know, macro meaning big or large or great, and bios life. And one of the first people to actually use the word was Hippocrates, you know, the father of modern Western medicine. And, you know, basically it's, um, it's an orderly approach to diet and lifestyle. And, you know, it's interesting, traditional peoples around the world, you know, have always understood that there's a very important, powerful relationship to the environment around us. So the foods that we're choosing, given where we live, as well as what we're doing day to day in our life, should support us, you know, on all levels, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I mean, that's really what our food choices should be about. It should support us on all levels and help us grow and develop as a human being. So, you know, and that that being said, then, yeah, there's a, there's an aspect of how to live a healthy life as a human being. What are the basic points that we can do? all of us that support health. You know, it's interesting. Recently, the book came out. I've made this like two or three editions now. The book, The Blue Zone, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's really about looking at all the longstanding cultures, people that have the longest lifespan around the world. And there's common denominators, you know, simple, simple foods, living in community, being active, you know, being active day to day in one's life, working hard, you know, that kind of life produces longevity. And uh, so, you know, in a nutshell, that's what macrobiotics is. It's an orderly approach to diet and lifestyle and um, looking at how we make balance day to day in our own lives, given the nature of society now. Yeah. 
I love that book. And the way that I first heard about macrobiotics was from Alicia Silverstone's book, The Kind Diet. And that was a great book. So anyone listening, these are two really, really good books if you want to check them out to really understand these concepts. And, you know, The Blue Zones is all about how to live to 100. So that's something I'm striving to. (laughs) (laughs) How to live to 100 and do it well and in health. And not in a wheelchair all, like, you know, the way that I've seen, unfortunately, my grandparents and my parents did not make it to 100 and they barely made it to their 50s, 60s and 70s without being miserable, sick, unhappy. I mean, my grandmother wasn't even aware of her surroundings for years. And that's just not a way to live. Exactly. Exactly. You know, if I could add one thing, you know, with with macrobiotics, what I try to emphasize for people is, and you know, what my teacher always talked about, Mr. Cushy always talked about was that, you know, it's it's living for your dream. Like, what are you passionate about in your life? And then eating to support that. You know, we've all heard the expression, okay, do you live to eat? Or do you eat to live? And sure, I mean, I love eating as much as anybody else does. But for me, it's about, you know, eating to support what I want to do in my life. And in this case, in my lifetime, sure, I want to share health and help people get to that place. But that's a big thing, because a lot of people haven't found that passion. I've met a lot of people over many years that don't know what makes them happy. They don't know what they want to do when they grow up, and they're already 70 years old, you know, and so that's the reality of it. But that's very important, because when we have a dream, or when we have something we're passionate about, it's actually much easier to eat better, so to speak. And it doesn't feel like we have a ball and chain around our ankle and like, oh my God, I've got to eat this stupid kale or, you know, I can't believe I've got to <laughs> eat these wacky chickpeas or, you know what I mean, like that. Yeah. So it's it's not, it's, it becomes with very ease. It's It's more difficult, I think, for people who really are not happy with their life. And then you take away the food things, you know, their chunky monkey ice cream or the Godiva chocolate. And it's like, it's monumental. It's like so terrible. Because, you know, people live for that stuff. So that's very important. That's very important. I couldn't agree more. And it's like a way to measure this is if the highlight of your day is what you're eating for lunch or getting home to eat your dinner, then you know you hate your job or whatever you're doing day to day. And and that's what's making you fat and sick and unhappy. And so we truly believe here at the Food Heals Podcast that you, we have to do your passion every single day. day. And if you can't monetize it for whatever reason, then you got to still do it at night or in the morning or whenever you can fit it in so that you have a reason to keep going in this life. Because if you're just getting by, your organs are going to shut down no matter what you're eating, no matter what you're doing, because you're miserable. Exactly. A hundred percent. That's right. Yeah. Definitely. You know, when people see me for counseling, you know, I have this six, seven page health form, you know, and on, on it, a number of times I've seen in the back, you know, a, a additional comments and it says, my job is killing me mm. or this job is taking my life away. I mean, I've seen it a lot of times and it's sad. Yeah. And, you know, I've told people, you know what? I said, you need to get out of that job. You know, I mean, that's this is real for you. So anyway, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's so important. And. 
We talk about this a lot and I feel so passionately about it, but if you hate your job, it's time to quit. And there's so much fear around money and people say, I can't do it. I have to have this job. I have to support this family. And of course, we understand that 100%. So what is that about? You got to let go of the fear around it and trust that something better is going to come to you. And if you don't, then you got to create that, right? So you, you can't sit idly by and watch your life go by. Very true. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So what are some of the basic things people can do to move in a better direction of health? What is your advice? Yeah. Well, I, I would say where it starts, um, it's very simple. And I think probably for some people are going to think, oh, my God, that's too easy. But for me, it starts, number one, sit down when you eat. Literally sit and eat. Don't stand up. Try just simply to sit. Don't do anything but eat. Have your food. Number two, with it. Eat regularly. So what we said, have regular times. And number the third part of the first sentence, <laughs> make sure it qualifies for a meal. The word meal means grain. That's the English translation for the word meal. In 1945, Harvard created the food groups, the basic four, and, and that's where protein-based nutrition really got this kind of focus. So now when people think of meal, people think, okay, what's my animal food? When I think of, okay, what am I having for a meal? I think, okay, what's my grain? And then secondary, what's the vegetable dish with it? So I have at least at each meal some grain or grain product and a vegetable dish. I mean, it doesn't mean there's no beans there. doesn't mean there's not a soup sometimes. But at least have a grain and a vegetable dish. So that could mean maybe some brown rice and then sautéed vegetables. That could be in the morning a bowl of oatmeal with some steamed bok choy on the side. Which, you know, for some people in the morning, having a vegetable dish is definitely a little, you know, wacky. But over time, people find they really do crave it. Because, why is that? Because biologically, food craves food. Brown rice craves vegetable. Big Mac craves sugar. So it's a biological thing. As people start eating more of this food, that food wants that food. Yeah. So it doesn't even require discipline. There's no, really is no discipline in eating. It's just having an open mind so that we create that attraction. That's the start. Yeah. And your taste buds will develop. So if you start eating something, like I remember I used to hate avocado. I thought it was disgusting and I hated it. But I was like, I got to get my greens in. I kept trying to eat it. I kept trying to eat it. And I ended up now, I love it. I can eat it with a spoon. Like it is the most delicious food in the world. So your taste buds adjust to things that your body likes, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, you don't know this about me, but when I, growing up in New York, seriously, my, my vegetable was ketchup. <laughs> so, so when I was growing up in New York, in Brooklyn, New York, Heinz came out with a squeezable bottle and I literally was drinking ketchup out of a squeeze bottle. So I grew up on Kool-Aid, mm -hmm. Ring Dings, Twinkies, Pez Candies, Pixie Sticks. Yep. I mean, junk. Mm -hmm. When I started all this in my early 20s, I really didn't like hardly any of it. It took a long time, but my mind was open. And that's the most important thing to have an open mind. And then over time, yes, everything tasted awesome. So it wasn't an effort. So so anyway, that's number one. Sit down, regular meals, and make sure it qualifies for a meal. I would say number two, chew well. Just practice chewing. Chew your food. Because poor quality food tastes worse the more you chew it. Good quality food <laughs> wow. tastes better. So our taste buds need to adjust. Right? That's interesting. Number, yeah. Number three is just get out of the eat, the habit of eating late at night. Get out of the late night eating habit because it's the worst thing to put on weight 
to affect your intestines, your liver. It's it's a terrible habit. And I find that when people are not satisfied during the day, then people are looking for something at night. So I think it's it's a big thing is getting out of late night eating. If people are more eating more during the day and are satisfied, there's less, you know, less of the late night, you know, stuff on the prowl. Absolutely. I would say uh, another point, try to have a variety of foods, you know, experiment and, and be open to changing and having variety because if it's the same repetitious thing every meal over and over again, it's boring. People are not going to stay with it. Right. You know? um, I recommend people try to have soup once a day, a nice vegetable soup. And the reason, not just nutrition, but it's very relaxing. I find that when people start to have soup more, it, it opens up their digestive system. People are really more comforted, you know, like kind of comforted, especially with blood sugar. It helps a lot. And then the last two points I recommend is getting outside every day for a walk. You know, get out get outdoors and it's it's not the same being inside working out in a gym. And I'm not saying we can't do that, but that doesn't play take the place of being outside. And especially if people can get in a park or be in nature. Yeah, it, that's it's amazing to release pressure. It's wonderful. I feel just as good if I go to like a really hardcore gym class or Pilates class as if I just go take a 30 to an hour long walk outside. I feel the same, just as good. Mm, nice. Nice. And then the last thing I recommend is what's called the body, the body rub or the body scrub. And basically our skin is our third kidney. So it's our largest organ of elimination. And one of the things we can do to help basically detox and activate the lymph and circulation is called the body rub. All it is is you just take a cotton face cloth, you fold it into a few layers, you dip it in hot water that's either in a little basin or in your sink. So it's contained water. You dip it in, you wring it out, and then you gently rub all over. And you, then you re-dip it if it gets a little cool. But you especially do the wrists and fingers and ankles and toes, bottom of feet, and the lymph area, so the, the armpits and groin. And what it is, it's, a, it's an amazing way to activate circulation and lymph. And people just notice big difference. And it's not the same using a loofah or a scrub brush because the soft cotton absorbs much more. Mm. So, yeah, it's very powerful. So those things, you know, the sitting down and regularity, you know, chewing, being active day to day, taking, you know, taking a walk, being outside, uh, body rub. Those things I think are very powerful. They're simple things, but they're very powerful. I was just going to say, Warren, I love all these tips because they are really simple and they all make sense to me. Yeah. And I've heard some of them in different forms, but they're all simple and they make sense. It's like, yes, these are common sense things. Yeah. That seem like they would be good for our bodies, and yeah. yet so many of us don't do them. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 just common sense. They really are. And you know, I've seen these things over many many years with lots and lots of people, and people dramatically change their health by just incorporating some basic fundamental things that all human beings thrive on. So there's nothing that's you know unusual about it. All human beings thrive on these things. Yeah. And I love the last tip. And what I do is I do the dry brushing where you take the dry brush and you slough off the dead skin cells and it's really good for circulation and lymphatic system. Is that similar to the warm washcloth or is that totally different? Do they do similar things? I really feel the warm washcloth is more effective mm. because it absorbs more. So it's not like the dry won't, won't slough it off, but the, but the soft penetrates more deeply because it opens up the pores from the heat. 
So I've had a lot of people who've done the dry and then try the, try the damp, you know, hot, warm face cloth and then never go back to the dry. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I'm definitely going to try that. That's a new one for me. Yeah. I've never heard yeah, that before either. It's pretty either. cool. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been doing that for years. For awesome. years. Yeah. All right. I'm really actually, I'm really actually 87 years old. So just, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all the body rub. Wow. Well, you look damn young. So. <laughs> all right. Can you leave us with a delicious, easy to make salad recipe? Salad. Sure. You know, um, one of my favorites actually is a combination of raw and blanched. So what I like to do is, you know, your simple, usual green spring mix, a mescaline mix, you know, lettuce, um, maybe sprouts, you know, your usual greens, that's fine. But then what's nice is to mix in some blanched vegetables. Maybe you do some like dinosaur kale or broccoli, or you do some like green beans and they're blanched for maybe a minute or two. And then you let them cool down. Then you mix them in with the, with the raw salad. So you have a combination of cooked and raw. And it's, it's really, really nice, that, like the, um, the quality of those two together. And then I really like with that uh, a pumpkin seed dressing, which is just delicious. And it's so simple. All it is is a cup of pumpkin seeds that you just rinse in cool water. And then you lightly, you dry roast them, you know, in a skillet. Mm-hmm. And you simply can put it in a blender or whatever, you know, whatever, like a food mill you have, some kind of blender and put in there a little bit of lemon juice. So like a a cup of pumpkin seeds would be about a tablespoon of lemon juice, two to three scallions or um, some fresh basil chopped finely, uh, maybe a tablespoon or two. And then something called umeboshi paste or called ume paste. It's pickled plum paste, which is a very sour, salty uh, kind of ingredient. Mm-hmm. And usually to that one to two teaspoons of umeboshi paste as the salt sour agent, and then just enough water to thin it out and you blend it. It is absolutely delicious. Ooh, that sounds That's yummy. Called, it's a pumpkin seed umeboshi dressing on a mixed blanched and raw salad. One of my favorites. That sounds so good. I'm gonna have to make it for dinner tonight because I'm not on a regular schedule. So I'll probably be eating around <laughs> 8 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you so much. That sounds amazing. Where can everyone find you online, find out about your classes? Yeah, so my website is simply macrobioticsnewengland.com. And I am coming to LA this Wednesday, starts the events. So Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday. So there's an event each evening. And people could simply email me if they want Warren Kramer at live.com, L-I-V-E.com. And can get more information. Uh, I'm going to be leaving um, early Wednesday morning, of course, to get out to LA and getting ready for the events. Yeah. Awesome. And there's one more question I forgot to ask you. Sure. I travel a lot. And I heard you say earlier that when you're going out of town and you're going to speak and you're going to do all these events, you tell them I need to eat at this time. And I love that. I think that's fantastic. Do you have any um, specific travel tips for people that travel a lot and want to try to stick to this schedule that they make for themselves? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, number one, I almost always will take some food from home for travel. I mean, I've just been traveling for so many years. You know, yes, here and there, there'll be something to find at an airport. But at this point, I'm kind of over it already. Yeah. I mean, you know, actually, LAX is wonderful because they have, you know, real food daily is actually at one of the terminals, which I'll grab something on the way back from LA. I will only fly American because of that. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I always hit real food on the way back home to Boston. And it's great. 
but quite frankly, most of the airports are pretty bad. So I, I usually bring bring food with me. I happen to love vegetarian nori rolls. It's one of my favorite travel foods. So I'll do like a vegetarian sushi roll with me. And I'll then I'll do some also just a little bit of blanched vegetables. What, why I do the blanched vegetables is because planes are so drying that you need some nice, good moisture. And yes, you can do raw salad, but I find blanched is a little bit more satisfying. So my usual travel food is simply a sushi roll or two and then like a blanched vegetable salad like that. And, you know, I'm good to go. And I just I don't really rely on airport food much. You know, you can always pick and choose, you know, as be doing vegan stuff. It's you can make it happen, you know, here and there. I mean, but that's usually what I do. And I guess lastly, if you know, for me, a lot of my travel, I'm staying with people that are hosting me. And I've set that up years ago because I'm just over it with hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, just with the whole food thing. Yeah. So, you know, I will go to a hotel. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but very often I'm being hosted. And so, you know, I can get good food. If I need to cook, I will, or if someone's cooking for me and, you know, it enables me to have, you know, feel good and have good energy by, by that. So I'm, I'm pretty careful, you know, in terms of that. I mean, every now and then, of course, I'll have whatever I want, you know, just go for it. But generally day to day, if I want to have good vitality, that's what I do. I love it. Thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. I need to go back and listen to this episode right now and take notes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It was really, really a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you, Warren. It was so great. Thank you. That's our show. Thanks for listening to that really, really informative and interesting interview with Warren. For all of the show notes, go to foodhealsnation.com slash 36. Today's tweetable comes from Warren. When most people sit down for a meal, they think, what's my animal food? I think, what's my grain and what's my vegetable? If you like that, tweet it to Warren at Warren K. Macro. Tweet it to us at Food Heals Nation. And make sure to use the hashtag Food Heals Podcast in your post so we can see your tweets and we can retweet you. See you next time, Food Heals Nation. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately.